Hello and welcome back to episode four of the Divided Opinion podcast. I'm Joel and as always, Westy joins me. I've been looking forward to this episode for a while, West. It's time for the Premier League Divided Opinion Awards 2021. Yeah. Might need to work on the name of it. It's a little mm. bit of a mouthful. You can see how many um, Leicester players you'll try and squeeze into this team. <laughs> I'm just expecting to see Harry Maguire's name there. Um, yeah, so like I said, we're going to go through our team of the seasons in the Premier League. Depending on how long it takes, we might do a combined 11. But we'll definitely be talking through our player of the years, young player of the year. We might also, I think we're going to do a few other little awards as well. Should we get started? Just go for it. Right. So what formation have you gone? I've gone four three three. Alright. With a holding? Um holding yeah, mid? we've got a holding, two in front. Yeah. Wingers uh, and a striker. I've gone four two three one. I have. Should we start with the manager that we've gone with? So I think the front runners we've obviously got I've put down Bielsa at Leeds, Ollie, United, Brendan Rogers, Dean Smith. Deserves a mention at Villa. Obviously, David Moyes has been unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Thomas Tuchel probably come in a little bit late, but I think he deserves a shout. But I've gone with Pep Guardiola. Man yeah, City. I'd agree. I, don't, I just don't think you can argue. No, you can't, no. I th- well, I'd say that. I think you could argue. Um, I mean, obviously, there Depends is Depends how you judge it, isn't it? Yeah, there is always the thought of he has got the best team. He's got... Yeah, literally everything you could need as a manager to succeed, he has got. That's not to say it's easy to yeah. do so. But if you're gonna, if it, if it was gonna be a manager outside of Pep, who would you go for? Probably say David Moyes. To yeah. be honest, yeah. Same. Yeah. I think what he's done with the team that he's got and where they were from being in the near the relegation scrap last year, I'd say that's probably the biggest improvement out of yeah all of the the clubs. Yeah, I I didn't foresee but, that at all. No. Dean Smith as well. You've got to say yeah. Yeah, because I didn't see Villa. Obviously, they've dropped off recently, but Grealish has been out. But I'd never really envisaged them doing as well as they have with Villa because they've dropped off. Like they have dropped off, and they've obviously had Grealish out. And there was some ridiculous stat with with Villa where they, I think they'd they'd won like one game previously in the Premier League when Grealish hadn't played. Don't know what that record is now, but they mm. stayed there or thereabouts without Grealish. Yeah. And I do. Well, obviously, with a player like Grealish, when he when he when you lose a player like Grealish, your squad is going to be a lot lesser in quality. But I really I don't think their squad is that incredible without him. I don't think it's relegation. No, no, they've definitely got a mid-table yeah um, type squad. But yeah, they've not got anything apart from Grealish that's going to see them break into sort of Europe or anything like that. I don't right. think they'll have to make a few more signings. Bielsa, obviously. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Leeds have d- fared quite well. Not in my team this season, but they've I've taken them into consideration. Yeah, I think they. I've, yeah, I think Bell. Sort of, I think he's adapted as well. Sort of the further we've gone through the season. So we saw Leeds when they did lose the games back in start of the season. They were getting like put five or six past them, weren't they? And they'll just. But I think they've learned how to manage games better, and you see in some like less sort of high scoring games between them now. And I think Bielsa's sort of cracked down on the defence. So moving on to the goalkeeper. Yeah. So the front runners for this award I've got written down. Let me know if you've you've got any more. So I've got Sam Johnston at West Brom. He's made the most saves this season, 148. He's got the 18th highest clean sheets, however. Yeah. Kind of 
is always t- tough with a yeah, it's hard. Yeah, with a relegation side, you you often do get a keeper that impresses. Yeah, what can you do when playing for West Brom? I mean, you can only do as well as you what you've got in front of you, can't you? Yeah, I think he he definitely has earned a move. Yeah, definitely. He would def yeah definitely in mid table. Oh, I'd probably say he could definitely play in sort of a top top six, top eight club. You could maybe see someone like Spurs. Obviously, Hugo Lloris probably is coming to the end of his Spurs career. Yeah, I mean, he's he's not on my list for front runners, but he's had another decent season. Yeah, oh, I, I could see. I think West Ham could probably do with a upgrade on Fabianski. Yeah, he's a good keeper, but if, like, like you say, he's been there for a while as well now. And yeah. yeah, I'd like to see that happen. I could see that happening. I could definitely see that happening. Next, I've got Nick Pope. Impressive again. Burnley have impressed this season for me. I know they haven't. I think they're sat around 15th at the minute. But I think Burnley have started to... I know it's not the hands of Nick Pope, but Burnley have impressed me this season. Started to play slightly more attractive football. Yeah. I've got Emiliano Martinez, Aston Villa. Yeah, been good. Unbelievable clean sheet record of 14 in a side that narrowly avoided relegation last season. Might not make our best 11s, but could be a contention for signing of the of the season or of the summer. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, last last few times I've watched him he's made some uh questionable mm. errors, but um no, I think overall he's definitely been one of the best keepers. Yeah. Obviously got Edward Mendy. He's solidified that Chelsea defense and yeah. in a position where they did have a lot of problems and I think it was so important that the keeper that came in really did solidify their position. So that Kepper argument mm. or the, any argument for Kepper to be starting is just erased. Yeah. Because he, I don't like Kepper. No, I think, um, Not yeah. the kind of player you want in your dressing room. But room. I think at the start of the season, you didn't, we were sort of, they were still, well, especially more Lampard, but they were still chopping and changing quite a lot. And Mendy did look a bit shaky, didn't he, in the first few months. But start, since Tuchel's come in, same with most of the players. He's just upped it to the next level, hasn't he? And that game against Real Madrid last week, he was made yeah. some unbelievable saves. You do see nowadays with goalkeepers, I think it's down to what they're expected to do nowadays. But a lot of goalkeepers, even the top-level goalkeepers, you're right, joking. <laughs> what? <laughs> down the wrong hole. Yeah. <laughs> but you do see with keepers where they are prone to mistakes, even the best. When you look at Allison, you'd probably say he's been the best goalkeeper in the world over the last couple of seasons. I wouldn't mm. say this season. But, yeah, he's always prone to a mistake. David Hay is prone to a mistake. And then we talk about Mendy. Mm. It's just part of the job, isn't it? I think it is that because we are putting more pressure on them yeah. with their feet. The mistakes are just going to come. It's inevitable. Yeah. And there's so much spotlight on the keeper. You can't hide, can you? No. Also, we've got I've got down, obviously, Edison at Man City. Highest clean sheets. He's obviously got the most expensive back, li- back line in world history, in world history, in world football in front of him. Mm-hmm. Does yeah. that take away from his achievements this season? Who have you got as your goalkeeper? I've gone for Edison. You've gone for Edison. Yeah. Uh, my pick. Do you want to tell me why you've gone with Edison? Um, well, obviously the 18 clean sheets is a amazing stat in itself. But I just, I just, I just don't personally think there's been too many. Standout keepers this season. Well, like, there's been some good me. ones, but I think Edison. You can't really look anywhere past him. Look at the clean sheets he's got, and what City potentially going to go on and do. I don't think you can look further than Edison. Yeah, I completely take your argument. Um, 
I'm not going to kick off about it, but <laughs> I've gone for someone different. Another mention, actually, who I really wanted to get in my team, but looking at the stats, clean sheets, couldn't just couldn't get him in there. But Casper Marco has been incredible this season. Mm-hmm. I think he's more on, on a fan's perspective. Obviously, I'm a fan of the club, but there's no. I don't think there's any keeper that gets so many match-winning saves each game. Every game, like it seems, he gets a, at it's least a better one. one. Yeah, but there is one better, and that's my pick. And I'm going to risk saying his name wrong, but Ilan Melier. Melier. Melier at Leeds. Yeah. 21 years old. He was predicted as a weak link early on in the season. He's got the second highest saves this season, and for my opinion, I want my keeper there to make saves. I appreciate how good Edison is and what he offers the team. But my keeper, I want them to make saves. Leeds obviously have looked so impressive this season, but they do leave themselves open as well. They don't protect their keeper yeah. as much as some te- some sides do. They, like you said, we see so many high scoring um, high scoring fixtures with them. They've only drawn five games this season. I think one. I think it's the second lowest in the Premier League, which I think tells a lot of the story. Bielsa's never too worried about the clean sheets, is he? No. He seems to have a Almost a we score more yeah, attitude. Yeah, yeah that is it. But um, yeah, Melier, I thought he'd be a weak link first few weeks of the season. He looked quite sort of lightweight and maybe Premier League wouldn't be suited to him, but he's just come on leaps and bounds, hasn't he? And over the season. Yeah. And he's saying he's only 21 still. 21. He, he's like a senior pro, isn't he? He's, he's the way he handles himself. He could be one of the best in the world in a few yeah. years. He's, I mean, he's still got. It's probably at least 15, 20 years left. Yeah. Especially as a keeper at that age as well. To show the experience is huge. Mm. Should we move on to left back? What are you going for, mate? Who would you? Who are you thinking? Who's your like? Who are your so nominees? Well, who I've gone for is obviously Luke Shaw. Don't think you can look too further from that. Obviously, we saw Cancelo play quite a lot this season at left back, but I've put him in at right back for me. Right. But um, but um, yeah, I've liked Castagna when he's on that left side. Yeah. I think he's done well to sort of fill the void that Pereira's left this season. Cause and Justin getting injured as well. Yeah, he, well, to be honest, if Justin had stayed fit, I've, he would have definitely been up there for me. But yeah. he has missed a long time now. Well, I've got down as the some of the front runners: Aaron Cresswell, West Ham, been excellent season. He's got seven assists, which is alongside another man that really doesn't he evades um the plaudits really and i haven't seen anyone talking about him for team of the season probably rightly so because Shaw has been so impressive but dinier's got seven assists yeah everton although they're not attract i think everton may fall victim in this in a both of our team of seasons just purely yeah it's pretty unattractive and that's not taking away anything from everton fans i'm sure they're happy that They've found some kind of consistency in the yeah. Carlo Ancelotti's got them playing in a way that is makes them really tough to beat. But yeah, I think Dinier's worth a shout. Mm. Ben Chilwell, how do you assess his season this season? I think he's had a solid first season. Yeah, don't think he's set the world alight, but um, he's had to deal with some difficult moments, sort of being in and out of the team, sort of uh, in big games, then some games coming back in. And obviously, tra- change of manager. It's always difficult, I'd assume, when you. The manager that's just signed you has leaves sort of halfway through your first season, so 
I think it was always going to be interesting with Chelsea mm. as well because Lampard clearly had some real favourites in that side. And Chilwell was one of them. With Lampard, it was interesting to see how these players that were his favourites would would fare with him going. Likes of Chilwell, obviously Mason Mount. Yeah. But those two we just mentioned, I think, come off really well from it. I think, well, obviously Chelsea have come off really well from it. Although I imagine the like, like Chilwell would have been quite worried when, when yeah. he saw Lampard's na- name had gone. And especially when he was on the bench for about the first four games. Yeah. I've, yeah, I think it's... It was always, I think, when a new manager comes in like Tuchel, you, you're going to side with the more experienced Marcus Alonso, aren't you? Maybe just to... Just to set your own back yeah. for the start, yeah. Exactly. Get off to a good start. I think Matt, Matty Target as well, Villa. Yeah. I think he deserves a mention. I think he's gone under the radar quite a lot. Yeah. I think a lot of Villa players have gone under the radar, like you said, Martinez and stuff. But um, you know, I really like him. I think he's. I think maybe he is English, isn't he? Yeah. But yeah. Maybe he deserves a call-up. Andy Robertson, I think, obviously doesn't get into the team this season, but I think in a, in a Liverpool side that has really let their manager and fans down this season, I don't think he... I know he will be. I'm sure he's his own harsh crit, harshest critic, but I don't think Robertson's let himself down this season. From the Liverpool performers I've seen, he hasn't been too No. Bad. Well, he's always, he's always a player that, no matter how bad the team's playing around him, you always know you're going to get a 7 or 8 out of 10 every week, don't you? And he always puts in 100% up and down that wing, whether the other people aren't working around him. So, yeah, yeah, I think he's probably been the best of a bad bunch in that Liverpool team. Yeah, so we're both going Luke Shaw. Yeah. What what has sparked this season in Luke Shaw? Is this just the world starting to take notice? Has Luke Shaw been doing this for years or what's happened? Um, I think it's all, I think it's mainly down just to Solskjaer and his, and his man management style. I think Luke Shaw's clearly a player that needs an arm around the shoulder to tell him. And like Mourinho, I think Mourinho absolutely just battered his confidence. And I think that's one of the main reasons why a lot of players don't like Mourinho anymore because he just seems to make them all his number one enemy. But um, yeah, I, I also think, obviously I still think when the fans come back in, he'll be really good because he's found that confidence now and he knows how good he can be but I do think having fans out out of the stadium he's one of the players that's benefited a lot because no matter how good he is he's always had that sort of tag hasn't he sort of like fat sort of I've got some stats here for sure this season which just kind of show how good he's been in comparison to other seasons so minutes per, per chance created in the Premier League seasons so this season he's created a chance created every 36 minutes. Last season, it was every 87 minutes. Season before that, 79 minutes. In 2015-16, it was every 113 minutes. I mean, that just shows he offers so much going forward, doesn't he? And yeah, going brilliant. back as yeah. well. He's so strong. He's, you just, I never feel, I never get the feeling when the play is up against him now that anyone's sort of going to get the better of him. He's just he's so strong. He's so quick. He's... Yeah, and he's so good. I think I saw a stat that said he had sort of, I think it was the joint most um, chances created in Europe with Messi at the top. For a left-back, that is like, it's unbelievable. Ridiculous. So, yeah. So, at the minute we've got, I've gone Melian goal, Luke Shaw at left-back, and Wesley's gone Edison in goal and Luke Shaw at left-back. Go to right-back now. So, obviously, the front-runners, we've got the the obvious ones that come to mind. We've obviously got Cancelo, Walker, 
it's definitely an argument for Wambasaka, and I'm yet to see if maybe you're going to have it. Um, made the second most tackles for a defender this season. I think it was fifth in the whole in the league compared to Cancelo and Walker. One thing that you can argue for Wambasaka is he's been a, he has been more of a mainstay in his side. Yeah, and he has. Well, we all know Wambasaka. He's not. He's not that, the the. The, the elite level is he when it comes to sort of ball at his feet, like technical ability. But I think we have saw him get a bit better this season with that sort of area of his game, which hopefully he can continue to improve as a United fan. But yeah, I just think defensively, obviously he's not in my team, but I think if you want a player just purely to defend for your you, full backs, I don't think there's anyone better than him, to be honest. One name that I've seen flying about a lot, and rightfully so, is Luke Ayling. Yeah, an inspirational player for Leeds. Made them. He's made the most tackles out of any position. Ninety-nine. He's featured in every game this season as well. I don't know how old he is, but he's. About, I think he's about 20, 29 because he. Well, he came from Yeovil, I think. He's one of them players who who's sort of lauded around the lower leagues and got himself to the Premier League. So. Yeah. No. Deserves all the credit. So he. Yeah. He's twenty-nine. He's been. I think he's been outstanding. Yeah. He doesn't make the team of the season, but. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Fair play, Luke. Definitely Ailey. have him on the bench of the team se- team if, of the season. If there was a bench. If you're listening, mate, Luke, well done. Congratulations, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Kufal, West Ham. Oh yeah. Excellent player. Yeah, he's been brilliant. I had, had no idea who he, who he was before he came to West Ham. Neither, to be honest. Neither the same as Suchet. I don't yeah. know a clue. How much did, did he cost Kufal? Was it must have sort of ten million? I think it was, wasn't it? Maybe even less. Five point five million. I'd probably say bargain of the season. Ridiculous that. There's actually that, <laughs> could be it could Someone be a sh- we'll, we'll, we'll do our transfer of the season at the end. So I've actually picked I think Walker you could argue for him to be in the team, definitely. Near the end of the season he's improved a lot more. You still wonder whether Pep fully trusts him. Mm. But I've gone with his Man City colleague. I've gone Cancelo, purely because I think I've never seen anyone revolutionise a position. Saying that, he's done similar to what Trent and Robertson did, where they, in a different way, but in the same way, they revolutionised the fullback position. When we saw their output and their creativity last season, I don't think we've ever seen it from a from a fullback. No, it's ridiculous, wasn't it? And Cancelo, although he doesn't play the same way. He's almost played like an inside winger or a centre mid. I don't know what you'd call it. Yeah. Like when City are in attack. He's sort of, yeah, he's playing holding midfield, isn't he, really? Have you gone Cancelo? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. so we've both gone Cancelo. Um, Brilliant. Yeah, so why do you think he should be in? I just think he's been better than everyone else. That's yeah. it. I think he's been the best fullback in the best team in, in, in the, well, in, in Europe. Yeah. And I think just, his, just what, he, what he contributes going forward and so good. The way he just brings himself, brings everyone else into play, and he he can do everything, and he, he's got the ability of uh, sort of like yeah, like you say, like a centre, central midfielder, and it's defensively as well, he's rock solid. He pops up in all kinds of positions, yeah, on the edge of the area. I've never seen anyone play like it as a fullback. No. I think it's obviously a lot of the praise has to be down to Pep as well. Mm. He continues to just revolutionise the way we yeah. football is played and what we expect of players. Well, we. He didn't get a look in last year, did he? Cancelo. And I thought probably he'd just end up leaving or going out on loan somewhere after last season. And out of nowhere, it's just been unbelievable. It's really interesting. I wonder what Pep does to them. in like Because mm. 
players do tend to come and have a little bit of a slow start. Yeah, and then just... It seems to be the way. timing, yeah. It does seem to be the way. Yeah. So, yeah, we've both gone Cancelo there. Uh, should we move on to the centre-backs? I think as we go forward, we'll probably be more where, where we're disagreeing a bit more. Yeah. So, a few shouts for centre-back. Well, we've obviously got the Stones, Ruben Diaz at that partnership at Man City. Got Harry Maguire, obviously, at United. Johnny Evans, Leicester. I've got Lewis Dunk written down. Concert at Villa as well has really impressed me. Anderson and Adarabayo at Fulham, both impressed. Maybe Anderson more than Adarabayo, but I think I've seen Adarabayo the most clearances this season. Don't know what that tells you, but what? who would, your, who would be a few nominees if I haven't mentioned um, I think outside of obviously the ones you've just mentioned, I think Craig Dawson, West Ham. Yeah, actually I didn't think of Craig Dawson. That's has been really good. Um, yeah, I've liked Konza as well. Really good player. Um, I think you think should definitely get an England looking sooner. I think like the fact that he's never had an England call up and Tyro Mings plays for England all the time. He's clear of Mings, isn't he? Way clear of him. <laughs> well, actually, yeah. I'll just go through a few stats. We've got Fafana highest tackle. I don't know why I've written that down. <coughs> highest tackles for a defender. Pretty sure we've already had that. I think Luke Kalin's <laughs> take that taking that crown. <laughs> With Fafana, he's obviously a nominee for a few awards signing of the season young player of the season but he has been excellent for Farner and he has this ability to be able to hunt the ball down he's so quick mm. I've seen it countless times where he's getting Siunchu out of bother with just coming across and doing yeah. the work of almost two centre-backs but I, I haven't gone for Farner I'm interested to see so what, what have you gone what are your two centre-backs gone for Ruben Diaz and Harry Maguire I thought as much I've what? gone. I've obviously <laughs> gone Ruben Diaz. Yeah, but I've gone Johnny Evans. He's got as much as a shout as Harry Maguire. I mean, I don't think either ones can, we can sort of argue really. Well, before we have an argument, okay, Ruben we can, Diaz. We can argue. Yeah, he's <laughs> divided opinion at the end of the day. Yeah. So Ruben Diaz, I know. I know there's not much left to say about him, but so how, yeah, how would you assess Diaz's first season? What has he brought to this city side? I think he's brought just mainly just stability. Throughout the whole team, though, I think he he was sort of that final missing bit of what we saw from City last season. Obviously, I don't think the tempo was quite there, but that was one of their weak points. I think. I mean, the difference from last season where they were playing with sort of it was Eric Garcia and Otamendi all season. And Ruben Diaz just obviously he was highly rated before, but I I know didn't expect him to be this good. That's and I think he's had a similar impact, a very similar impact to what Van Dijk did at Liverpool. He finally filled that void of that company left as well. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I think he's probably arguably a better player than company was in his prime. I do. Yeah, I think you you could definitely have an argument. Uh, but yeah, I just I saw a stats: sixteen clean sheets from twenty nine Premier League starts. It's just unbelievable, isn't it? He's he just dominates def- in the defense. Yeah, that PSG game last week, it, he had about three blocks of his face, didn't he? Yeah, but yeah, Johnny Evans. So, yeah. for my personal opinion, Maguire can't be in team of the season because just purely because of the protection he has in front of him. No, you can't be the best centre-back in the league or the second set best centre-back in the league with two holding midfielders that really have little... They have no role going forward, really. McTominay and Fred. And I know you, you argue, but 
yeah, I just personally don't believe that. I just think he's. I think he's protected. You can say that, but Johnny Evans plays with a three at the three number two centre backs. Plays with a three flat back three and with the two and Tielemans and Didi do almost play sort of a flat holding but pair. Obviously, and Didi, I'm not arguing, and Didi's ridiculous, but Fred and McTominay, they're not. They're not going to grab the headlines. They're not there for that. They're there purely to run around, man mark players, mm. and defend. I think, I think Tommy probably deserves a bit more credit. Chipped him with quite a few goals this season. Has he? Yeah. Let's have, get his goals stats up then. Um, he's got four goals this season in the Premier League. Fair enough. I think, but, I think he's got about nine in all competitions. So but he's had I, a decent season. I'd also argue as well, United don't exactly play in a way that leaves Maguire exposed. I just, from my personal opinion, and it is all about personal opinion at the end of the day. Maguire's, I don't ever really see him exposed. Listen, I'm maybe that's wrong. a, that's somewhere you can say that's how good he. But I mean, exposed as in, I don't really ever see him like one on one, with a player, and we know how he, he has problems one on one with players, players that take him on. Yeah, I think we have seen it quite. A bit. Well, it depends how much you watch them, isn't it? And I've seen, I've seen a few times, plenty of times, like players. Running, and he's strong. And I think Maguire is. I'm not taking away from what he's achieved this season and how important he is to United because he is huge. Mm. But it's always been the case of me with Maguire where I personally don't think he is that next level centre back. But I'm I'm prepared to be proven wrong. I think he can, he could be, but I just haven't seen it until I see one one CDM in front of him and Maguire like. Dominating defence, and he does dominate the defence. To be fair, but United consistently, you see, you go, you go one 0 down so often early on in the games, and you very, mm. I don't know. You, but I'm not taking away. Obviously, you're second in the league for a reason. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think maybe tonight and obviously the Leicester game, a much changed lineup. But if he's out for the rest of the season, you probably will start to see his importance at United. Yeah, probably, and a lot of people don't appreciate some plays until they're not in the team and I think a lot of people to start to turn their heads and think you know what I've, we probably need him back in the team yeah I'm not disputing yeah I but I know but I, I totally that Johnny Evans as well I think him and I think him and Maguire are actually really similar in the sense that they are the sort of like they're like the cornerstone of both defences and they sort of even though Fafana's brilliant Suyuncu a little bit rash but he is brilliant I think when Maguire's not in that United defence, it looks exposed. When Evans isn't in that Leicester defence, it looks exposed. It does. So it's... I think they're both. I think and they both play sort of left-sided centre back. They're both great on the ball. They the... are that player that their teammates look to as well. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think they're really, really similar. And it, obviously, this is what I was going to say about Diaz and and Evans. Is you really? I think it's a testament to a centre back. It's hard to stat pad the position. They don't get as many tackles as the other positions. They don't get as even as many interceptions. It really is. You can just you see the effects. It's hard to quantify the the impact a centre back has. Yeah. You just see it on the pitch, and you you can see it with how it, how they improve other players. And with Diaz, John Stones has looks. He, the fact that John Stones has been in the running to get in this team this season is just a testament to what Diaz has brought to his game and what Diaz has allowed him to to play with such responsibility and confidence now because he's got a player like Diaz yeah. next to him. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think you're just spot on there. I think Evan's the same as well. As soon as Suncu is a top-level centre-back, 
But as soon as he's not got... Someone to hold his hand. Yeah, yeah. as soon as he's not got Evans to look to, because Evans is always in the right position. He can get Suncu out of trouble. He's always a pass. There's always a pass there. And he'll always be in Suncu's ear telling him what to do. And it's the same, I think, for Fana is just purely because the, the, the talent level he has, he has got the ability to play without a... I think he's definitely helped by Evans. I think, yeah. but I don't think he needs him as much as the likes of Siunchu. But yeah, I'm just yeah a testament to how good both uh, Evans and Diaz have been this season. I'm not sure if you've seen that with Maguire either. We'll move on because we have been talking about centre backs a lot, but I don't think you've seen that with Maguire. I haven't seen him bring on a player. You've got Lindelof next to him and Bailly, obviously players. Tuan Zebi, in my eyes, those are three capable centre backs. They're, they've got their qualities, but they're not. There's no one you can rely on. But would none, you none say John Stones, the season he's had this season and how good City have been made cloudy judgment, but would you say Stones has been better than Lindelof no. or Bai previously? Well, I know. the thing is, this is a bit with Stones for me. I, he's had a really good season, but I also I think people get way too ahead of themselves with John Stones because if you look at what, look at me he's been absolutely he's done nothing for four five years until Diaz came in and I think you even saw I've always thought John Stones was protected by Ruben Diaz and I think even in that England game the last England game we saw when he was playing made that mistake and um, a certain centre back came, scored the winner after <laughs> who was that? Maguire Oh yeah, yeah. But I just feel like he is protecting. I think if you took Diaz back out of that City defence and for a whole season, I don't think you'd see anywhere near the level from John Stones that you've seen. I just yeah. don't. I just think he's. I, I personally think he's a really capable player, really good, great on the ball. But I think he's Diaz holds his hand the whole all the time. Yeah. Right. So that was part one of the divided opinion team of the season episode. If you enjoyed, let us know. Give us a follow on Spotify. A review on Apple Podcasts is much appreciated. Um, join us for part two on Sunday, which will feature our midfielders, our attackers. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed. We'll see you then.